Good afternoon, Rochester Cafe. Hey, Julie. Yeah, I can do I can do the breakfast sandwiches. Yep. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about people and places in the Green Mountain State. I'm your host, Erica Housekeeper. If you've ever driven down Route 100 through the town of Rochester, you've likely noticed the Rochester Cafe in the center of town. Constructed in the 1880s, the building has been used as a drugstore, a bank, a dentist's office, a barber shop, and even a funeral parlor. And for the past 30 years, it's been home to the Rochester Cafe. Last year, the cafe was sold by its longtime owners to Chris Landis, who lives in Washington, D.C., and whose family owns a home in the Rochester area. Stephanie Larry was hired to be the general manager of the cafe. Stephanie was raised in Rochester and worked at the cafe when she was growing up there. And after living for a short while in Washington, D.C. with her husband, Dane, and their two children, Milo and Max, Stephanie decided to make the move back to Rochester last year with her family to run the cafe. In this episode, Stephanie talks about returning to her Vermont hometown to manage the cafe and what she loves most about Rochester. Here's Stephanie. We had just kind of moved to the D.C. area. My husband had to come back up from St. Martin. We, so we were in St. Martin. Let me back up. We were in St. Martin living there for a little bit. And then we had rented a house in D.C. We had finally gotten all together in D.C. We were living there. And then COVID really started to ramp up. And we had a double lot. So the kids had a little bit of, of land and whatnot to play on outside. But we really weren't happy. We just wanted to, we wanted to get back to Vermont because we knew how different it would be in Vermont. And so we had kind of talked with Chris Landis about the cafe and sort of, oh, well, there's this, there's a cafe for sale. And Dane would bring him some information. And it wasn't, didn't really get serious until we were like, let's, let's just do it. Let's do it. I guess it would have been the late summer. We moved back to Vermont. And then in October is when the closing happened for the cafe. So it kind of gave us a really secure way to come back to Vermont, still be able to live here. Both of us would have jobs. We could, we actually were going to buy my parents' home here in Rochester. And it just kind of gave us that ability to come back to Vermont in a secure way, not come back to Vermont and then be like, okay, now what do we do? Now what's the next step? We kind of already had that next step in place for ourselves. We just did it. And we just, we missed Vermont. We were in D.C. We just said, this isn't for us. And this gave us a way to come back. And you grew up in Rochester and you worked at the cafe in high school as a teenager? Yeah, for a couple of years. I did, I did it all. I did all kinds of things there for, I'm not really sure how many years, but a number of years. It was for real. I bet. And what was it like to come back to a place you worked at growing up and then to be running it? For sure. Yeah. And like in middle school on half days, we would all like scurry up because the school's just down the road. We'd all scurry up to the cafe and like schlep all of our change out. And we'd have like enough for one milkshake and a thing of fries and full circle. Here I am all these years later. It's become more comfortable now that I've been there for a little bit, but initially it was incredibly surreal. After the closing, when I had the keys to the cafe in my hand, and I'm just looking at them thinking, oh, wow, I am now responsible for this like very cherished establishment in a very important place. And it was very surreal, very surreal. 
but super exciting. I loved working there. It was one of my favorite jobs just because it was never the same. You'd always have different customers coming in. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm super excited. The owners, do they have a connection to Rochester or the area or did you just know that they do? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little summer home in Granville. Their family has been there for a very long time. So they come up very, they come up every year. They spend a couple of months. Um, They're very involved with the community. They love the area. So, and they knew, they knew the cafe and they knew, they knew how important it was and how fantastic of a location and just what it meant to the area. You had to make changes in terms of COVID related in terms of, you know, the takeout and all of that, but have you made any changes since you came on board to the cafe? Sure. Sure. So when we took over, it was in October and Tim and Sue Domus, who were the previous owners for 30 years, they had kind of already had a system in place for handling takeout during COVID. So we, we opened up for folks to come inside to order for a little bit of time. And then instead of getting a little bit better, things started to get a little bit worse with COVID. So we took a step back and we were just able to do takeout through the takeout window on the front porch through the entire pandemic. And it worked well. I'm so glad that we had the windows because otherwise, I don't know how we would have done it. We would have had doors opening all day long. It would have been absolutely frigid for the staff. It was cold anyway with just a window. But we used the iPads and the Square point of sale, which was a huge help. It kind of simplified all of those transactions and the ordering systems. We did actually, we did online ordering. We got that set up through our website. And I think that really helped. That was kind of like a little crutch that kind of helped us going to give folks just another option right from home. You order it, you pay for it, and then they could just swoop through and pick it up. That was the biggest change that we made as far as COVID and ordering and whatnot. And you have outdoor seating that year. Yeah, yeah. For the very beginning of spring, we had some picnic tables outside. And then we do have the tables on the front porch. And we're now underway with our porch expansion. So the, the tables aren't there, but it's nice enough now that we have the front porch open. That's great. And the day I was visited you, I don't remember exactly what day it was. It was still chilly out, you know, maybe end of March, early April when I went down to visit you. And you had, um, you were busy, but everything seemed very streamlined. You know, the iPad, yeah. taking the orders and people coming up and it was it smooth. Well. You were busy, but it was like, yeah, yep. it's a good Yeah, it did. Process. It did work well. I'm, I'm really happy with the way. And we just had that whole assembly line and the food would come out and get bagged. We'd have the order. We'd know who, who it went with. And yeah, it worked well. How many employees do you have? Yeah, I know. I'm sure. I have myself and then I have Phyllis. I have Olivia, Cora, Carrie, Mike, Donovan, and Georgia. Three of those are brand new hires. And then the rest, Phyllis has been with us or with the cafe for 17 years. She's been there a very long time. She's like a pillar in the cafe. And Cora and Carrie have both been there for a very long time as well. So... I have a great staff. They're very committed. They love the cafe. We have our our little, you know, our little jokes and our like little cafe family. Why do you think the cafe is such a landmark in town and and people are very attached to it? Even people who don't live in Rochester, like if you're driving down Route 100 past Sugarbush through Rochester down towards Killington, like it's it's often a stopping place or it's just a place that you notice. What do you think makes it so special? 
I think for the cafe, it's reliable and it's consistent and it's that place that you know you can go to and you know it's going to be good and you know the booths are going to be comfortable and the staff is going to be friendly and that has a lot to do with it. It's that place that you can rely on. Even through COVID, even through COVID, we were open. You could still get that food. You couldn't come in and make those memories and, and interact with the staff the same. And it's been here for so long. It's been here for 30 years as the cafe. And I think people look to that. It's, it's comforting, you know, something that's going to always, always be there. It's reliable and consistent and comforting. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And what about the menu? I mean, it, you have a pretty extensive menu, right? We have a lot of options. Yeah, yeah. Tim has done a fantastic job over the years making, making creating a menu that kind of covers all the bases. We have some vegetarian options on there, some gluten-free options on there. There's the Philly cheesesteak or there's the fish and chips. There's sandwiches. And really, Phyllis won't want me to advertise this, but everything is made to order. So if you want a wrap that doesn't have this or you add that, it's all made to order. So you can get you can get what you want, really. You can customize what you want. There's all kinds of soups that we make daily and the baked goods. And there is something for everyone on the cafe menu. There really is. Was Phyllis there that day that I was there? Was she in the kitchen? Yep, she was. Busy bee. Busy, very busy. Growing up in Rochester and coming back and helping to run a business in town, how would you describe the town? Yeah. So I think it's just your standard, like small Vermont village. You know, it's, if you don't look closely, you don't really think there's a lot here, but there's so much here. There really is. You know, if you just kind of take the time to wander around and knock on some doors and go into some establishments, there's, there's a lot here in Rochester. And I'm sure that's the case with many of Vermont's small towns, but it's so cute. It's got all these little historic buildings. It's got the little town green. It really is just your sort of quintessential small town Vermont village. And I love too how it's, you feel it's almost like a warm blanket or something. You know, you've got the mountains around you. You're just sort of in there and surrounded by mountains and beauty and all of that. So I think there's something really comforting about the town. And then the White Rivers kind of runs along Route 100. So it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's welcoming. It's kind of calming. You kind of get here and then you like forget about a lot of things. You just kind of settle in and say, oh, this is nice. I could stay a while. That kind of concept here. Do you have any particular thing that you love most about Rochester personally? For me personally, what I love about Rochester, it's home. Like for me, it's just that feeling. And that was something that, you know, when I'm younger and I'm a teenager and I can't wait to get out of Rochester, get me out of here. But as I've gotten older and then even when we were in D.C., that longing and that, oh, my goodness, I miss that. I want to get back to that. And it's just that that feeling of home, that safety. Everything's OK. People know me. It's just that feeling of home. That's what I love about Rochester. That's at the top level. And then the community, the people, the customers, the family that I have here. It's just, it's a really great town. Couldn't wait to get back to it. Has it changed a lot since you were a kid or does it still feel kind of the same? I don't think it's changed that much. I think I just realize things differently and I see things differently now that I'm older. And then also now that I'm a very big part of running a business in the town. You know, I see things from such a different perspective. 
And I'm sure that through all the years, it's always been a goal of the community to get Rochester a little bit more on the map, but I can see that more now. And then I can understand the changes that do occur, even if they're subtle in town. And I understand why a bit more. And I can, I can say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like I wouldn't have seen that before, but yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And overall, no, I don't, I don't think it has. And I think that's part of what's so great about Rochester too, is that it is the same and it will probably be the same for a very long time with those subtle little changes. It has that timeless feel to it for sure. Exactly. You know, the front of the cafe building has, has changed over time, but you can look at photos from way back from 1900s and you're like, oh yeah, that's the same building. And I think that's so important and to be able to share that and for people to come and see that, that history there. Yeah, definitely. My dad and I, I grew up in Manchester in Southern Vermont. I remember we'd drive, my dad loved Rochester. He loved that town and he lives in Florida now, but we would drive up through Rochester to go to the DMV in Montpelier. There was something about the town and it does, you know, this was back in the eighties and it, it still feels Mm-hmm. the same in a, in a very good way. You know, it's just like, oh, this is such a comforting, pretty little town. It's very simple. And I was just talking with a customer the other day about this. You look across through our window at the cafe and you look over to the hardware store and it's just this super simple little signage there. You know, it's just, if you didn't know, you might not know. And that's so great. It's so simple and so, so small town. It's, like you said, like that classic sort of timeless little village. Yeah. And there's nothing like to, it's not like, oh, it's so pretty and perfect. Like there's something very real about it too. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Are there things you think people get wrong about Rochester? Just don't realize how much is here. Like they just assume that there's not, it's just a small little town and they've got a gas station, a couple of eateries and the bank and the store and on they go through town. But there really is so much more. There really is. I think maybe that's what a lot of people get wrong about little small towns. Then maybe they don't think they're interesting. Like, oh, it's pretty, but like, what's really here? But there's what is there really to do here? What can I really go and see? And I think the people who live in the town, there's a lot of really interesting people in town who are doing great things. Absolutely. You've got Sandy at the bookstore running her bookstore and her background. She used to work at the North Shore bookstore down in Manchester. And you've got, is it Angus McCusker from Rasta running, all you know, the bike, the tra- bike all the bike trails. trails, you know, like there's just people there that are really the passionate. Bike shop, doing an Annie's art gallery down there, Big Town Art Gallery. There's inns, there's Liberty Hill Farm. There's the Green Mountain Verde Quarry up the hill. That's an incredible spot. And if you just take a couple minutes to explore, you'd see that. Yeah, there's so many great little spots. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything about the town, like a fact or a little tidbit that maybe locals know about, but other people don't? Is there anything you could share? I don't really know any like big, deep, dark Rochester secrets. I know I could, I know of some people that I could go and and find out from, and they could probably open a whole can of worms of all these old stories and whatnot. I think maybe one of the, one of the best little stories is that the cafe used to host Robert Frost back in the day. He would come into the cafe and he would sit at the soda fountain and cool off after he's roamed the mountains and written some of his amazing poems. But a lot of people don't know that. I remember putting that out on 
Instagram at one point and did a little poll to see if anybody could guess. And almost everybody got it wrong. I know you named some places a couple minutes ago in Rochester. Are there maybe three places or it can be as many as you want, a few places in town that people should maybe visit in Rochester that you would recommend? It can be a dirt road. It can be a business. It can be anything. One of the places that I think is absolutely essential for folks to visit is Liberty Hill Farm, just down Route 100. I mean, you want classic Vermont. You have to stop there. It's just, it's the most picturesque little farm. I don't know how many times it's been photographed, but I'm sure, I'm sure so many have seen it. It's beautiful. It's functioning. The family there is amazing. Beth and Bob and Asha and Dave and their, their amazing children. And then another place, I did mention it, but the, the quarry up the hill, up the hill here in Rochester, Vermont Verde, it's amazing to go to the edge of that and look down in and see like how they're pulling all of this amazing green marble out of the ground and to know that it's right here in small little Rochester. It's a really neat stop and not that far off of Route 100. It's definitely worth it. While you're doing that, the hollows, driving around in the hollows is, is pretty spectacular. How would you get to the hollows from Route 100, roughly? Like, would you, is it far from town? All you would do is you would, off of Route 100, just after the North Hollow Farm store, you would take a left up onto Quarry Hill and just kind of keep going up in there. And good luck, (laughs) you know? It'll all connect back down to the main road eventually, but it's beautiful up in there. And it gives you kind of those, those little dirt back roads, Vermont back roads that you can kind of drive around. There's a few little farms up in there. North Hollow Farm, that's another place to stop and visit. Mike and Julie run that grass-fed beef farm right here in Rochester. It's incredible. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Those, I mean, those would be, those would be three. I mean, definitely stop by the cafe, but those are another great option. (laughs) Yeah, of course. A few years ago, my daughter and I stayed at Liberty Hill and it was amazing. I left, I had never felt so relaxed leaving a place. Like I didn't have cell coverage at the time. And my daughter and I just helped out on the farm a little and hung out. And I have never had such a peaceful experience in my life. Just so like refreshing and you reset. Yeah. And Beth Kennett is a very special person. Their whole family is amazing. I love it down there. It's really nice. What do you love most about your job? Oh man, I love so much about it. I guess the thing I love the most, and I'm so glad that it's been back lately, the last two weekends, is just welcoming people in, saying hi, kind of talking and the familiar faces, even the ones that I've seen at the takeout window all winter, catching up with them, conversing, building those relationships back up with customers. I really enjoy that. And that was what I used to enjoy when I used to work here. That's the main thing. I like it when it gets busy and you've got like six things kind of in your mind stacked up and you plan it out right and you do it all right. You get everything done and you feel good and you feel accomplished and all the tables are happy and the, the milkshake machines are going and you're on top of it and you're on the ball. And I really enjoy that part too. The hustle and the bustle and the, the zooming around. And are you kind of just helping everybody out? Like, do you, or do you wait tables? Are you busing tables? Are you seating people? Are you kind of doing everything? I do a little bit of everything. I help Ollie and Carrie out when they need drinks and whatnot. I do a lot of the 
cashing out and getting the square orders kind of together and out the out the door and then taking to-go orders, our takeout counter in the country store now, dishes when they need to be done, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the, the, the back end, behind the scenes, all the ordering and the stocking and the social media, the marketing, all of that kind of stuff. I do all of that as well. And I think working here all that, all those years ago and being in the dish pit and having seven tables at once and needing eight milkshakes to get out to the tables and stocking the store and getting things priced. I think having done that already here and knowing what that entails and knowing what that involves, maybe, maybe I want to say it gave me like a little bit of an advantage from now a management point of view just knowing what all of that is about and having been there and kind of getting that experience before being put in a management position. When I was visiting you at the cafe a month or so ago, and when mm-hmm. you see people and everyone's like on a, on a first name basis, which, which is really nice. Did you know a lot of these people from when you were growing up or did you have to kind of like reintroduce yourself to the community? Yeah, yeah I'd say I, I did. I knew a lot of people and then kind of reintroduced to some people. Even if I knew names from when I was growing up, you know, I could really put a name with a face now or half a face through the winter. But I did know a lot of people. I did know a lot of people. And even if I only knew them sort of partially as we, you know, interacted at the window a bit more, I've come to know a lot more. It's so nice. I have a few, a few folks that just get the regular. I'll just have the usual. And I know exactly what that is. And we don't even have to, I don't even have to ask any questions. I know the bread. I know the sides. I know the dressing. I know the coffee, how many milks, how many sugars. And that's really fun. I like that. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Pandora, and Stitcher. You can also learn more about Vermont's people and places by visiting my website, happyvermont.com. You can also find Happy Vermont t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts available on my website as well. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.